0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 97 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today we're going to have part two of our interview with Kevin LaBella from the NHL Network for you guys, and just going to go ahead and get right into it here. Enjoy. One other big move that the Rangers made at the trade deadline here, of course, you know, it really went down to the zero hour here, and they trade Brady Shea to the Carolina Hurricanes, and, you know, I didn't even see that reported until after the deadline had passed. And then it's like, wow, they really are getting a first-round draft pick for Brady Shea. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. What was your reaction when that happened, uh, the first-round pick in exchange for Brady Shea going to the Hurricanes?
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely a late move that came in. Um, there were a couple like that straight-up player for a first-round pick. Um, I don't think that was Carolina's pick we got. I think that belonged to somebody else. Carolina had a couple extra picks from some of the moves they had made. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, you didn't really hear a lot about Shea and knowing that his contract's coming up soon they're gonna have to pay him obviously they're trying to be proactive on can we move him now can we not and honestly i don't think they're ever going to get a better deal than they did getting a first rounder for him um but hockey hockey's different than some of the other sports you know it's not like getting a first round pick in, in the nfl well you know first round pick in nfl i feel like is a more valuable pick than any other sport you know and usually you see the, all those guys in the first rounds tend to have a pretty decent pro career hockey yep. seems like more of a crapshoot and baseball as well baseball you know you see guys that got drafted in the 34th round are starters on your team <laughs> It's it's a different beast but hockey it's you know and especially with the rangers i i constantly look at old drafts and go through on Wikipedia and, you know, how did they miss on this guy? You know, we're watching Johnny Goudreau the other night. How does he stick around till the hundreds, whatever pick in the third round? And yeah. how do you, how do you miss on guys like that? Martin that St. So Louis, good. another one. Yeah. And again, yeah. both of those guys, it's, it's, it's a size thing. People are afraid yeah. to go after those little guys, but you know, if the guy could play, the guy could play. I mean, exactly. you look at, there's been plenty of guys that are undersized that are, have been successful in the NHL, but I think the return on Shea, great, great return. They, you know, who who are we going to get in the first round pick? Now, I always go back and look at the Derek Stepan deal, and and I still feel like we just didn't get the return that we needed, especially giving up Ronta as well as Ronta played that year in relief for Hank all year. But, you know, we get D'Angelo and the first round pick, and, and, you know, it ends up being uh, Lars. And and it's like these guys... What are they doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, you get a you See, get the I, 20th or 18th overall pick, but you never know what these guys are going to turn out to be. And it's turned out that that trade is, I mean, I'd rather have Derek Stepan and Antti Ronta on the team
0: right now. Well, the one thing that I think kind of necessitated that move for the Rangers is that was right when the Vegas Knights were coming into the league. And so, of course, you have the expansion draft. And the Rangers knew that they could only protect one goalie and they protected Lundqvist. So I yep. think it was, it was that feeling that, like, well, shoot, you know, we're going we're gonna to lose Ronta anyway. We might as well trade him because it's either that or lose him for nothing. But I'm with you, man. I was a big Ronta fan. Love Derek Stepan. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that game seven goal that he scored in overtime oh, against the, uh, the Washington Caps that year. I mean, you, you talk about just pulse pounding, nail biting hockey. You know, it doesn't get any crazier than, uh, you know, a game seven overtime.
1: Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure on one of our countdowns we show, I think he scored a hat trick on his debut. We, we show him one of the greatest rookie debuts. Um, yeah. Maybe it was only a goal. I think it might have been a hat trick, though. But again, you know, after he he got uh, hit in the face by Prost in the playoffs that year and had the broken jaw, and still came back. Yep. and go to the finals, and, and you know, he, he proved that he was a leader on that team. Um, It was sad to see him go. It's weird seeing these guys go to Arizona, because, you you know, you see the history of Arizona. How good are they? They're never really that good. Even yeah. when, Gretz- when Gretzky was the coach, they were not very good. Um, they, they basically have
0: no history. I mean, I think there was one year where they made it to the Western Conference finals, but other than that, I mean, it's just – a team that just kind of exists you yeah, know
1: it's it's Shane it was Shane Doan's team and who else yep. is there and then uh, the first year I started working for the network Mike Smith scored a goal that year he also <laughs> caught the puck in his shorts and backed into the net and had one of the oddest goals you'll ever see get scored but then you see Kessel go out there and 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 he, oh, and Oliver ekman Larson you know should be a superstar in this league and I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he plays in Arizona. And then you end up with uh, Ryan Strom out there who, who can't even make the roster. And now he finally gets out of there and he's shown to be the superstar that everybody thought he was going to be. I don't know. It seems like they have a little mismanagement down there with their players. But, you know, yeah. you see a guy like Austin Matthews probably is only in the league because that team existed.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. There's
1: there's positives and negatives with the whole thing but you know it is what it is that team is that, we were surprised that they've been in the playoffs all year this year but uh it looks like they're starting to fade a little bit here but I feel but, like you know I look at numbers and I see Kessel still doing a decent job but I feel like for somebody who watches the highlights of the every game in the league every night you don't really see him pop up that much
0: Another issue that I think the Coyotes are going to have here is obviously they traded for Taylor Hall, you know, very early in this season. They're they're kind of, you know, almost making this all in kind of move by acquiring Taylor Hall. And now they're like a fringe playoff team and the trade deadline has come and gone. There was even a little bit of chatter that maybe they would flip Taylor Hall to another team. And now he's a free agent at the end of the season. And what are they going to do it? Like imagine if they miss the playoffs and then Taylor hall leaves in free agency. I mean, that that's a disaster right
1: there. Yeah. And that's a very realistic possibility right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would have liked to see them get in just to shake things up. I mean, obviously the West is not as strong as it was in the years past. It seems like, it seems like everybody's kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. St. Yep. Louis is still separating themselves. You know, the AVs are, are doing very good right now. Obviously last night was a heartbreaker. Um, giving up a goal with one second left in overtime. The Ducks, um, right? Yeah. yeah. And the Ducks are not a team you should be losing to right now. No,
0: not, not at <laughs> um, all.
1: God, they had a two on O, right? Right. A couple, like a minute left in overtime and it got stopped and went right back down the other way. Looked like, you know, everybody gets to that 30 seconds left in overtime. Oh, we're just going to play for a shootout now. And then bang, guy rips a wrister, goes off, just, uh, changes direction off defenseman's stick and beats Fred Seuss high glove side. Which, yeah, I think Arizona's yeah, – I don't see Taylor Hall going back there. Again, he's he's another one. It's very strange. Like he just never seemed to gel in Edmonton with all those first-round picks, him and Yakupov and Nugent Hopkins. And, and it just, may, you know, had he spent more time with Connor and Dreisidel, would he be better? Because those two are absolutely incredible right now. Like what Dreisidel's yeah. doing right now the fact that he's you know we were talking about heart trophy guys and it was you know it's him and connor and then they even threw panarin in the conversation and mckinnon but it's it's crazy to see how that team still edmonton still not as successful as you think they'd be with all the picks and great players they have and constantly trying to put more talent around connor yeah and they seem like they can't get over the hump and i think again it goes back to the goalie situation cam talbot never panned out for them i really thought that they thought that he was going to be their goalie for the next 10 15 years and just didn't pan out but did you see the west it's it's completely up for grabs right now um but i don't think arizona's going to make it when all said and done
0: yeah they may not and uh the other thing about taylor hall is I don't know how big these whispers are. They're just kind of rumors right now. But uh, I've at least heard a couple of rumors that maybe the Rangers would be interested in Taylor Hall. And the thing there is I'm not sure that I want Taylor Hall for as much as he's going to cost. And, you know, you look at him now and he's been on the Oilers. He's been on the Devils. He's been on the Coyotes. Like, why can't this guy, for all the talent that he has, like, find a route and ever really feel like he belongs where he's at? It's just very, very strange to me. Um, Would you be into the Rangers signing Taylor Hall? I mean, is that a move that, that would make some sense to you?
1: I, I don't think so. I don't think he would gel with the with the style the Rangers play. Um, yeah. I don't think they'd – personally, I don't think they'd be able to afford him and balance the team correctly. And they right. got so much money tied up in Panarin, got a ton of money tied up in Kreider now. You know, they're, they're going to have their hands tied a little bit no matter what. I think having the defenseman they have right now helps, um, that they're not really paying any of them too much money. Um Obviously, Stahl is kind of getting to the end of his career now. Yep. Um, and it shows, you know, he's very similar to where Girardi was before they bought him out. But I, I just don't think it would fit. And, yeah, and like you I, said, there's, there's so many red flags with just, you know, I, you heard things that he's not getting along with the front office or he's not getting along with these players. And, you know, he's been around so many good players. Yeah. How could he not be more successful than he's been?
0: Yeah, and I heard this thing where, like, Edmonton, like, part of the reason they justified trading him, because they did not get enough when they traded him. But so part not. of the reason, yeah, yeah. And, and part of the reason was, like, oh, well, they wanted to give the team to Connor McDavid. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, imagine if the Rangers traded Mika Zibanejad right now because they wanted to give the team to Artemi Panarin. You know and, what I mean? And, I mean, it, it makes no it, sense.
1: It doesn't make any sense. And you, you would think that that, you know, in that scenario you're talking about, that Mika would want to be part of of uh, Panarin's team and yeah. be part of whatever they're trying to build. Why not want to be part of that? I mean, yeah, it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't really make sense. Okay? Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, they, they had so many top picks and, you know, you see teams like the Astros that built, you know, I don't even want to start talking about that team, but
0: <laughs> we'll be here all day. The,
1: the, the, <laughs> you know, the, you see a team finishing last place. You know, I remember the Astros, Oh, man, they lost 100 games again. They lost 100 games again while they were still in the National League and when they moved over to the American League. You you see a team finish last enough, you're going to stockpile that talent and it's not even just the first round picks. You know, you're picking first in every single round. You you're getting the the cream of the crop every every draft. And I think yeah. you see it with the Tampa Bay Rays being successful now too or when they had their World Series run in 2012 um or sorry, 2008 that you, uh you know, you can only be bad for so long before it's got to turn around. You, you're getting yeah. so much good talent and whether you could parlay that talent for more picks and, and keep building on that, or you start developing some of these young guys. I just feel like the Rangers personally, their young player development just isn't there. And it goes back. Like I was saying before, I look back at some of these drafts and where we missed and, and it just, you look back on the history and it's, you know, it's JT Miller, it's Kreider, it's Shane, it's it's those guys. And besides that, the, almost no return on their drafts. And, and again, I don't know if that goes to just front office stuff. Obviously, uh, Slats being in the front office helping out a lot. And he, you know, his track record is good. But, you know, the league is changing. It's, it definitely went to a speed team. You know, I would like to see the Rangers go back to that. Oh, six style of play when Yager was captain with with all the young guys and Straka, Nylander, Pruka, and, and those kind of guys and get, get back, get back to that speed game. Even a couple of years ago when they made the St. Louis deal with, with uh, Hagelin and and some of those guys, they, you got to play the speed game. It seems, you know, that's, what's working for teams right now. Like you see now St. Louis is different. They're, they're big, heavy team. Boston's different. They're a big, heavy team. But if you can't match the brawn with them, you got to outskate them. And I think, you know, you occasionally see Pittsburgh go that route and they kind of mix it up and, and do a little bit of both. But I think you'll see some of the teams in the Western Conference that are getting older, like the Kings and the Ducks. and And they can't keep up with the speed game in the league right now. That's why you see teams like Arizona. Being a little more successful, teams like Vegas being a little more successful with some of the younger, quicker guys. Carolina, I think, is a perfect example of that with yeah. their surprising turnaround last year. And I think the speed game—if you could—if you could skate, you're going to be successful.
0: But anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to do is get your thoughts on this injury to Chris Kreider. Now, obviously, he suffers the fractured foot, and the Rangers have been going with Philip DiGiuseppe on the top line there. Would you, if you're the Rangers, do you look to the AHL and call up whether it's a Vitali like Kravsov or maybe a Vinny LaTerry? I mean, I know Kravsov hasn't exactly set the world on fire in the minors this year. But for me, ever since the Kreider injury, and it's nothing against DiGiuseppe, but when you're trying to replace a Chris Kreider, I just feel like you've got to aim a little bit higher than a Philip DiGiuseppe. So just wanted to get your thoughts there. Do you call up one of the kids from the AHL to, to try to sub in for Chris Kreider?
1: Yeah, so right off the bat, I, I've been... A little impressed with D Giuseppe. I, you know, filling yeah. in for Kreider, like you said, that's that's big shoes to fill, especially right after signing that contract. Yeah. Um, but I think you're exactly right with what you're saying. That's the perfect opportunity to bring these kids up, put them in a big spot, test them, see what they really got. Because realistically, I don't think the Rangers are gonna make the playoffs, and even if they do it's, I don't, I don't think they're going to make too much noise. Yeah. They could have a first round upset against, you know, whoever, maybe Tampa, Washington, whoever's in one of those top spots, but realistically you're just wasting one of those spots at this point. Um, Why not put these kids in a big spot and see what they're made of? Um, You know, that's, that's how you, you find a superstar. You got to challenge these kids, put them in a big spot, See what they're capable of. See if they can yeah. hang on a line with Mika and Panarin. See if they could, you know, are, are they a top six player? If they could show their top six player now, that's a good sign. It's only going to get better. And now, again, even if you're playing in the bottom six, at least you're getting those pro minutes and, and you're getting used to the speed of the NHL. Uh, you know, you're getting used to getting hit in the corner by Ryan O'Reilly or or whoever's bearing down on you, you know, somebody bigger. And and test them, see if they could see if they could handle it. There's only one way, you know. I got no problem with trial by fire. That seems to, right. Right. You see what these guys are made of, and the Rangers seem to like to stash those guys in Hartford or let them go back and play in Sweden or Finland and let them stay overseas till they think they're ready. Why? Why make them test their skills out there? Let them test their skills here, in the NHL, and, and see what they really got. And you know, did did. Have we been drafting good? Have we not been? Or have have these deals we've traded for some of these young guys, some of these young foreign players that we don't really get to see right now, are are these deals worth it? And uh, the the regular fan doesn't even know some of these guys. We'll never see them ever. This is a perfect opportunity to build some excitement behind your fan base. Maybe get one of these young kids up that hey. Maybe this kid will come out and have a 10-game scoring streak right out to start his know. career and yeah. wow the fans and get the Ranger fans excited. So when the Ranger fans get excited, it's a different atmosphere at the garden. I mean, it gets crazy. Yeah. And, and there's no better place to see a hockey game than at MSG when the Rangers are good. So why not try to build a little excitement in that franchise? Because I especially coming off a downer like a Kreider injury you need to inject some life back in there and try to get them to, you know, not forget about Kreider, but, but make it seem like the injury doesn't hurt as bad as it really does.
0: Right. And I think something that the Rangers do, and they're not the only team that does this. We see this around the NHL. We see this in other sports as well. But I think a lot of times these teams, they'll have a young prospect in, in the minors and they'll want to call them up and, and give them a big role on the team, but they don't because it's like they're so scared that, like, if, if he comes up and struggles... And we have to send him back down to the minors that he's going to be like mentally broken going forward. And it's like, that's not going to happen. Like these guys, they're, they're adults, you know, they, they can, they can handle, you know, struggling a little bit and they they can put it together later on in their NHL career. So I think that's part of the problem too, is these, these teams just kind of overthink it. And they, they're just too scared that, you know, if somebody comes up and struggles that it's going to just ruin them for the rest of their career.
1: Yeah. And you see it a lot, you know, you, you, don't want to see these kids get coddled, but they do. And a little bit against what you were saying, these some of them may not be mentally tough. and some of these kids, you know it may be the first time uh, you know a kid from Sweden is is away from home and he doesn't have the family or, or the, the friends or even somebody to speak his own language and it can isolate them and put them in a bad spot mentally. but overall, I would think that, you know, these kids want to be NHL players. They want to succeed. So they have to get past the challenges. I mean, it's not going to ever be handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah, you could be a top prospect and be provided a better opportunity than somebody, but you still got to take the ball and run with it and be successful. and, And you have to play. You know, you can't just be a top prospect. You know, you see Kako struggling a little bit this year and people questioning hey, is he tough mentally is he tough physically and you know the rangers went through a couple tough stretches this year where it didn't look like he was going to make it but again it's so early you can give this kid all the time in the world you have invested second overall pick you've invested a lot into this kid you got to give him time and i also think taking him off the t- top two lines is never going to help his development I, I would keep him out there especially with Kreider being gone I'd want him playing with my better players. I mean, if I was on the Rangers, I would love to be playing on the same line as Zibinijad and Panarin. And even if I'm not going to get the points, it's going to make you a better player just by being out there with that talent. Um, you know, you, you question these kids' mental toughness and physical toughness, and you have to challenge them to, to find it out. If you, if you just keep them in the minors and keep coddling them and never give them a chance or challenge them at the pro level – you're never really going to know what you have. And then by the time you, you know, you get into a tough injury situation or like a trade deadline situation where you have to trade one or two of your top guys, these kids are going to have to come up anyway and get thrown into the fire. And then by the time you bring them up, they don't have the skilled players to play with anymore because you've already shipped them out. And now instead of playing with those guys, they're replacing those guys and you're not really setting them up for success.
0: Yeah, you're kind of relying on them to basically just take the ball as you were saying and, and and just become those next great players right away rather than having their game elevated by playing with a Mika or by playing with an Artemi Panarin. Yeah,
1: I mean that's that's the way to do it and I think you see um our buddy Ryan Strom, his brother Dylan Strom was a perfect example. He we watched him on the Erie Otters playing alongside Connor. He outscored Connor for the for the scoring title there last year down there. And he gets drafted to Arizona. He couldn't even make the team. They wouldn't even bring him up and play him. He started out, I think he played a handful of games. I don't think he had any points or maybe had a a point or two. And just didn't seem like he could find his niche down there in Arizona. And you look at the team. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot of talent around him. But at least they were providing him with the opportunity to start out. And then all of a sudden he ends up with the minors. And it's like, how could this kid be so good on the Erie Otters, and, and again, I get he's playing with Connor, helps, um, and yeah. Brinkett and all those guys. But now, they trade him to Chicago, and he goes out on a line with Patrick Kane, and it instantly elevates his game by playing yep. with a great player like that. And also, they have brinket on that team, too, so he's got a familiar face that he's played with in the minors, yeah. and I think that helped his situation, too. But those are the kind of guys I watch, you know, they make, we do so much world junior coverage that you see a lot of these young guys and you kind of get uh, the names just in your head so many times, they score so many goals and, and you kind of keep an eye on them as they go along. And it's, it was just mind boggling to see that this kid couldn't succeed in Arizona. And then they ship him over to Chicago and he's showing the superstar tendencies that we all knew he had which I always thought that Ryan Strom didn't have, but he's wowed me this year. I can't believe how what a season he's having. I, honestly, I thought that he wouldn't – like, oh, man, Ryan Strom, second-line center, first-line center, points this year. What are we doing? And he's been probably our third-best player of the season this year.
0: I figure we'll wrap up. I, mean, I could talk hockey with you all day, man, but we've gone on for kind of a while here. But the, the one thing I wanted to do is, you know, obviously Unity All-Serves, they're going to be part of the – three 11 day festivities in Vegas next week. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. I understand. I think you guys are playing two shows. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we'll head out on Tuesday, March 10th. Um, there's a pre-party inside park MGM at a bar called on the record, which is a pretty cool little kind of, it's got like walls made out of LP records and walls made out of uh, cassette tapes and like a double decker tour, but really cool new kind of place after all yeah. the renovations went on at the park MGM um, we'll be playing at 9 15, do an hour, and then Tropodelic will close the show that night. Um, so that's the official fan party. And then, uh, you know, 311's got their three shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tropidelic plays the after party Wednesday. We play the after party Thursday. And then my buddy Dan Kujat's band is playing. I don't know if you know Stephen Lashbrook, his new band, they're playing uh, the after party Friday. And I think there's a Los Stellarians DJ set one night. Um, so it should be week full of fun festivities with all three eleven fans. You know how it is with those that whole community, everybody making their own fan merch and making their own shirts, and everybody's so jacked up for this. And the fact that it's three years or three nights celebrating their 30-year history. Everybody, what are they gonna play? Are they gonna do their whole discography? What are they gonna play? What are they gonna play? Um, yeah. everybody's real excited. And you see it on Facebook, people are just can't wait to get out there, and I'm the same way. And I, you know, I was hoping to catch a Vegas game while I was out there, but they're not going to be in town till we leave. They're actually out here in Colorado, just like the Rangers are. Yeah, while we're in while we're in Vegas. No, um, I, I looked yeah, into the, that as well.
0: I, I I figured, you know, if the Knights were home, you know, we, we might have to catch a game while we're out there. Uh, I would love to, man. That pregame
1: yeah. stuff looks so crazy. And just the overall, yeah. the overall atmosphere in there looks like it's gonna be awesome. But for you sure. know, you got the Pac-12 tournaments going on, you got all the conference tournaments out going on in basketball while we're out there. Um, we're staying all the way to Monday, so we'll be out there for selection Sunday. And you know, but personally I love Vegas, it's just a it's a fun destination fact that you can go and party all night and do whatever you want and the food out there is incredible you know i'm looking forward to maybe hitting caesar's buffet or crab leg action going on there you go, go. find a nice steakhouse go. one night um then we have all these friends that have airbnbs that they've rented out these ridiculous mansions that like one of one of my friends a 30 person house one of my friends 60 person house and that has like pool tables and water slides and game rooms and karaoke rooms inside the house Yes, it's, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And hockey's been so busy lately. And then, you know, I have my other job coming up. I also do uh, some of the tracking stuff for Major League Baseball. Um, it's going to be real. April gets real busy with the playoffs in hockey and the start of baseball. I become a ghost. You never hear from me because we're just so busy.
0: Yeah. So it'll be yeah. nice
1: to get out there, play a couple shows, relax, see. You know, it's, people don't understand about the 311 community that you have a thousand friends that you only see once a year, twice a year. And that, you know, you got to get all this, you got to cram a year's worth of hanging out into a weekend. And it's, it's always fun. And we just can't wait to get out there.
0: Yeah. Amen. And you know, Vegas, Vegas is a great city for it. It's obviously a lot of fun and, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, just hanging out with the three eleven nation, just, just relaxing for a few days. But uh yeah, you know, I, I figure we'll wrap up with that Kev, but you know, this is a ton of fun to talk hockey with you all day, but I guess we'll, we'll conclude here. So again, you know, thanks for joining the show and we'll have to do this again uh, in the future.
1: Yeah, man, let's reconvene for the playoffs. We'll do a little uh, playoff preview or maybe after the first round or something like that. I'd be glad to do it anytime
0: you need me. Yeah. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll kind of fill out brackets and see, see who can predict the, the, the most winners.
1: Yeah. My brackets have not been good the last two years. So yeah. <laughs> well, well see it happens, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll see. But yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, Ranger fans, thanks again for joining. We will see you next time. Once again, I hope you guys enjoyed part two of our two-part interview with Mr. Kevin Labella from the NHL Network. And if you missed part one, go back and listen to episode number 94. We talked for quite a bit about the New York Rangers 1994 run to the Stanley Cup Championship. So we had a lot of fun on that episode as well. Go check it out if you missed it. And once again, that will do it for today. But if you guys want to get in touch, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And absolutely give us a follow on Twitter at L- LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And once again, we have episode number 100 right around the corner. So absolutely reach out one of those ways. Get in touch with me. Send me a question because we're looking to do a mailbag on episode number 100. So definitely looking forward to that. So that's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On at New York Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Thanks again for tuning in. I will see you next time.